Blog Talk Radio. In a world where everyone is a social media guru, there is one lodestone, one brightest point in the sky, one true north. Uh, we have no idea where that is, but we've been here every Tuesday since August 2008, bringing you the absolute best and brightest guests from the world of social media and internet marketing. Welcome to Social Media Edge Radio. And now it's time to get this show on the commode. Here's your host, Ken Cook, and co-host Mike Mueller. Hey, 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 Mike Mueller, what a day. It is a day. And I've, I have failed again. It is actually not Mike Mueller. It is Mike <laughs> Mueller. Welcome, Mike Mueller. <laughs> well, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. And welcome to all of our regular and new listeners. You know, I don't know if I told you this or not, Mike, but our regular listenership is uh, steadily growing again. Uh, probably has a lot to do with the fact that we switched to a much shorter show format last week. Uh, again, my apologies. As I was setting up the show today, I hear across the room my dear wife say, don't click 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, the 15-minute uh, so, show. Yeah. It was quick. It was an abbreviated version. So this week we're actually back to 45 minutes. And, Mike, why don't – well, you know, you've got a lot of work today. I'll, I'll tell the folks. Normally we talk about things related to online marketing. Uh, social media was booming when we first started the show nine years ago. Therefore, mm-hmm. um, we have the name Social Media Edge, which just happened to be thought up by a previous co-host, uh, Jason Crouch. And turned out that someone else uh, that I knew owned that domain name and had owned it for a couple of years. And they actually just gave it to us. Uh, So we have been Social Media Edge Radio ever since. Mm -hmm. And we begin the show normally with a little music that you heard, and that's provided by Kevin McLeod. If you've never used Kevin's music and you do uh, presentations You know, Kevin's got it out there. It's a small fee, and you can do pretty much whatever you want to with it, short of reselling it. But today, Mike, we're not just going to talk about online marketing. Uh, You actually came up with today's topic. So what is that? We're going to get into it shortly, but let's let the folks know up front. What are we going to be talking about? Well, we're going to be talking about this ransomware, which all of a sudden everybody is – fully aware now because all the major news oh, yes. picked it up and it it got it got its 15 minutes of fame um and it's ransomware and it's called wanna cry or at least that's mm-hmm. what the news is calling it so yep, yeah yep yep uh yeah that's actually uh, that was its name uh and we're going to talk a little bit about how it was discovered what it is and how you can uh help prevent things in the future you know for some years I've been writing for a particular uh, organization puts out a publication and sometimes they send out alerts and I've had the pleasure of uh, writing a feature article every month for that publication and I've talked about ransomware many many times uh, things like crypt locker crypto locker bit locker uh, and other things and this time we got to see a worldwide fully recognized uh, version of it. So 
great topic, great thing to talk about today uh, because it's very timely and it's very important to what we do. And we'll get into that a little bit more in just a moment. First, we've started a new, a uh, couple of new segments. And the one that we start at the beginning of mm-hmm. the show now is featured tools. Mike picks a tool. I pick a tool. And yeah. uh, we share those tools and a little bit about why we use them and what we like about them and those things. So, Mike, why don't you do your tool first today? Okay. So um, if you've listened to our show in the past and we're going back just a little bit, uh, you recognize the name Jeremy Blanton. So Jeremy um, had some sort of phishing thing going on. He got an email and he said, hey, what's that tool uh, to check a link so I, I know this is I'm being fished. I know it. I just absolutely know it. I know not to click on this. But what's that link that I can actually check and see if this is really a bad uh, a bad link? And uh, there really is no one tool that really uh, does all that kind of stuff. And you know, a lot of these will come as bitlies. A lot of these will come as really long, elongated things with a whole bunch of things. And the other thing that's happening these days is links are, they're using what's called acrylic letters. So it looks like it says Google, but it really doesn't say Google as far as the the actual URL. So here's my tip is if you've got something that you think it might be, just, just it was unsolicited, it came to you, and it's asking you to click on it, don't click on it. Copy it. Put it over into, I'm going to say Norton has a wonderful tool. That's my tool today. And you can find that at safeweb.norton.com. Put it in there, and it'll tell you exactly, well, it'll tell you exactly what they think. And mm-hmm. hopefully they are up to date. No, great tool. And if you, as listeners, were in the chat room, uh, yes, we have a chat room. It is open. You would already have mm-hmm. that link. Uh, another quick note about clicking links in emails. First of all, don't, uh, or that's just the easiest way to do it, is just say don't. Uh, second is know what you're clicking on. If you don't know how to read the URL and the little pop-up tool mem- uh, menu or the uh, wherever it's indicated in your particular mail reader, then you mm-hmm. know, you're just kind of opening yourself up for it, and it doesn't matter what kind of computer you're using doesn't matter which web browser you're using, it's possible to infect your machine by clicking a link. Um, doesn't always happen, doesn't usually happen, but certainly is. Great tool, Mike. I don't want to have to use it, though. <laughs> Ever. <Nope. laughs> but I probably will. So uh, my tool, I'm just going to throw this out and say any reliable scanner, like a virus scanner, malware scanner, or something like that, which gives you an alert that your software operating system application on your device, your computer, is uh, needs an update. That's going to be a repetitive theme today is outdated software and applications. So if you've got a scanner, uh, I think most reliable software or antivirus software does that today. And here again, it doesn't matter what device you're using. You can be using a Mac. You can be using a Linux. You can be do- using Windows. Uh, Android, whatever. If you're out of date, there's possibly a reason. Um, I read the exploits all the time, subscribe to the exploits newsletter. Uh, when I'm running a scan on a system that tells me what the exploits are, believe me, the bad guys know what the exploits are. 
even if you don't. So yeah. they're generally found in outdated software. Um, if you really want to get deep into this stuff and you want to start learning a little bit about it, <clears throat> you can actually go over to, and I'm going to have to put this one in the chat room because it's just too long. Uh, I will read it to you. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> it is uh, SecTools, S-E-C-T-O-O-L-S, like security tools, SecTools.org forward slash tag forward slash Vuln hyphen scanners. So it's Vuln like vulnerability dash scanners. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of them over there. <clears throat> Mike, if you haven't clicked on it yet, uh, excuse me for my throat. It is pollen season here still. Um, if yep. you haven't clicked on that yet, you'll see tons of vulnerability, vulnerability scanners over there. They're not always just simple, straightforward, easy to use. Some of them require some, a uh, little bit of tech skill, but they're, they're pretty mm-hmm. cool things to help you find out if you have a vulnerability on your system. The easiest way, ladies and gentlemen, is to, yep. as much as I don't like to say it, turn on automated updates uh, on everything you have. That way you don't have to worry about it when an update comes out. See, Microsoft actually released a patch that would stop this thing back in March. So, uh, yeah, that's mine. Reliable scanners. And Mike's is very practical. Just right-click that, save, uh, copy the link, and take it over to safeweb.norton.com and uh, pop it in there and see what it is. <laughs> Uh-oh. You know, it's all about news. So let's just roll right straight into it. Uh, first of all, yeah. just a little bit of news. And have you noticed this, Mike? I know you use Gmail. Have you noticed I do. that? Have you sent an email out, perhaps using areweconnected.com, and got a notice back that your message had been blocked? I have not yet. But well, I think it's, it's coming. possible. It's possible your settings are corrected. They're a little too long to go into in this show, uh, but one of the things that you need to make sure that you've done is uh, chosen that you want to send mail not as an alias um, in your account mm-hmm. settings in, in Gmail, and also to use TLS. Uh, using a, a secure uh, transport layer makes it more friendly to uh, Gmail. If that doesn't work, there's also something that you can do with your domain name. So where, whether it's hosted with GoDaddy or Network Solutions or wherever it's hosted, you'll either add a, uh, a C name or you can add a little bit of plain text. And that's actually mm-hmm. described how to do that at postmaster.google.com. And I probably should have put that in the show notes, but uh, I didn't. Postmaster.google.com. Yeah. You go over there and it'll kind of walk you through the steps and show you how to do it. So if you get that security notice on Gmail, then there you go. Uh, Perfect. Yeah, I'm going to grab my coffee and hand you the microphone, sir. Here's the microphone. Fabulous. Well, (laughs) we've got, as far as that goes, we've got um, a couple of different things we want to cover uh, as far as our topic goes, and you can put up a couple of different links. My thing with this whole 
you know, want to cry thing is I got questions, and I know you've got answers. So I think what I'm going to end up doing is really just start. This is going to be, if you listen to the end of our shows, we've got a quick little rapid-fire thing, that uh, totally off-topic questions or what have you, uh, that we like to play with. That's the last little bit. But I think what we're going to do today is I'm going to uh, do a elongated, and it's all going to be on topic about Wanna Cry. If you're game for that. I'm game for that. Why don't we uh, talk about Wanna Cry first and let the folks know what that is? That's a good thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know you were one of the first people to uh, pick up on it. You posted something about that around this time on Friday um, mm-hmm. that you had picked up on the on the web. Uh, right when it was actually first beginning, it was still a baby when you picked that up, Mike. Yeah, well, I was just reading in my feed reader and came across an article and shared it over into Facebook. But of course, it, it didn't stop it. Everything you know, happened anyway. And, um, yeah. So, you know, kudos to the feed reader for alerting me. And (laughs) I think that's just a wonderful thing. Yeah. Uh, so basically want to cry is the latest iteration of, uh, a ransomware. And what a ransomware is, if you don't know, is it's a virus. We call it a virus. It's actually just an application that has been inserted into your computer that, Uh, can encrypt your important data. It looks for it and finds it and turns it into a brick uh, as far as you're concerned. It leaves your computer active, so you can still use your computer, but you you can't get to your your data. Now, Mm -hmm. this particular one affected only Windows machines with an existing exploit in it, but there have been others... uh, And there are others in existence that can affect any operating system. So it doesn't matter what operating system you have, uh, it can can get it. In fact, I don't know if you saw the bulletin the other day from Apple, but they just released a new OS update uh, as well as an iOS update Mm -hmm. to patch some security holes in there. I know there's kind of this myth, and there always has been, that Mac is somehow safer. It's actually not any safer at all. It's just that it has... For so many years, it had a much smaller footprint. Um, folks may not remember, but 10 years ago, Mac only had about a 3% market share. Um, this It's not worth messing right. with. So you go for the bigger target. But guess what? Mac now has, thank you to uh, iPhones and iPads, uh, Mac's on the target. It's on the radar. So there are just as many exploit hunters uh, hunting out Macs uh, as there are Windows. Um, you're going to ask a question later that I'm going to love answering. But the, <laughs> uh, you already know what question it is, don't you? Um, the event on Friday had been set up for some time. It used a combination of um, phishing and um, a combination of a worm. Mike, why don't you tell them what phishing is? Well, phishing, and that's spelled with a P-H, is uh, like the band. essentially somebody, somebody, yeah, like, well, yeah, but uh, see, I'm a big fish fan, so I like <laughs> I like fish, the band, and I don't want to bring them into this. I wasn't even going to mention them, oh, um, man, but 
Yeah, well, we're just bringing them down. But um, so phishing is some when you get an email and it looks like it came from PayPal, it looks like it came from your bank, or it looks like it came from somewhere else, and it really isn't. Or in the real estate world, apparently there is this phishing scam where they will send you stuff and then they will send a wire in the end game they will send a wire transfer notice right when you have a closing coming up so mm-hmm. the phishing scam is getting you to sign into Google and it looks like it comes from a Google Doc and it's not and that's mm-hmm. where my link checker that's where you would go to check that and toss it in there and go oh glad I didn't click on that yeah, always better to be glad you didn't than uh, sorry you did. Um, yeah, phishing's <laughs> been around for a long time. It's been around longer than the web has, in fact. It's been around since there was email. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but there were cyber crim- criminals on the network back before it was really a public thing. Um, but phishing goes way back. That's why you just have to be really mm-hmm. careful about what you what you pick up on. So it was that was how half how it got started. Now the, the ultimate launch of it required the flipping of a switch, so to speak. And at this point, it is believed that a uh, member of either a government organization or a banking organization in uh, Europe was the direct target of what's called a spear phishing attack. And spear phishing attacks are done manually and very directed at a very specific person using very specific terms that would easily fool them, uh, you know, calling them by name, maybe even mentioning some uh, other rele- relevant uh, context to make them believe. And once that happened, it turned it on. And all of the infected computers, because of the speed of the network and the use of Tor nodes and the dark net and things like that, was able to infect um, I believe the current account is about 230,000 computers in 150 different countries. And these aren't just regular home user computers. These are specifically targeted business computers that contain uh, sensitive data. What do you think about that, Mike? Yeah. Well, that's, so that whole sensitive data thing and getting data breaches and being hacked in that way, that's you know, to me that makes a little bit more sense as a hacker. If a hacker was going after somebody, go after that. Why are you going after little old people like me? Ah, because you are a pawn, and I talk about this regularly to the people that read the information that I need to send out. Because each one of them is a gateway into a very sensitive organization. Uh, you just become an unwilling pawn of them. It doesn't matter who you are or what level you are. If you're on the Internet, if you have any connection at all, your computer can be used to uh, mount an attack. I mentioned – there's Jeremy Blanton. Hello, boom. Um, I mentioned earlier using Tor nodes and uh, the dark net. Well, a lot of time what what these hackers can do is they can compromise a computer. They can compromise anybody. It could be Aunt Sally's computer because she leaves it on all the time and they know that it's there for her to use and they can just tunnel in there and set up their own little server. And, uh, you know, maybe a relay server or maybe a file server or whatever and use her. Mm-hmm. So everybody has some value to a hacker. Feel better now? I feel better. Not. Good. 
<laughs> yeah. So that's that's who I mean you're you're all everybody's a target. There's no one exempt. Yeah. Now, can I ask you? Um because these are uh, to me these are questions that everybody wants to know as well. Who's behind this? Who did this? Well, it just depends. Um generally there are cyber crime organizations. Some of them are government affiliated. Others are terrorism affiliated and some are crime affiliated, but a few others are just kind of almost lone wolf uh, hacker organizations that say, Hey, everybody else is doing this. Let me try it too. What uh, a lot of people don't realize is this actually takes quite a bit of coordination uh, and mm-hmm. agility to keep from getting caught because nobody at any level wants to get caught. So hard to say who exactly was behind this one at this point, uh, but we'll know soon mm-hmm. enough. Now, I'm going back. If you've listened to the show, you've heard us talk about when ransomware first came on the scene, I don't know, maybe like six months ago. We actually talked about it on our show, and one of the things – uh, that you mentioned was just turn your computer off and turn it back on, and chances are it'll come back. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen with this one. No. No, not with this one. Uh, this one, so, uh, it was a little bit different. But we'll get into how it was terminated a little later. Okay. But it uh, essentially, this one works by really encrypting your hard drive. Is that correct? Well, portions of it, yes. It looked for uh, files with specific file name extensions like .doc, .xls, and whatever. I don't have the list in front of me, but specific types of documents that it knew would be valuable. I mean, if you can ferret out everyone's uh, accounting software uh, data files and encrypt those, you've probably crippled them, (laughs) at least for a while. Yeah. Now, uh, one of one of my thoughts is, you know, we talk a lot about different, you know, files exist on your computer and things like that. But if they are, you know, if our pathway to them is encrypted or that door is blocked, isn't there some other way around? The files still exist on a hard drive. Isn't there some way around? This, you know, like we talk about websites, and we can we can go in from the WordPress dashboard, or we can go in through FTP, or we can go in through this or that. Isn't there some other way around this? In some cases, there are. In some cases, it's next to impossible. If somebody's using a 512-bit encryption, um, yeah, if they're actually encrypting those files and using something of a military grade, to use a term. Um, then it's next to impossible to decrypt them. There have been other ones that actually kind of did what you said, and they just locked the pathway where they obfuscated the, the uh, folder name. Those are kid kids play, child's play. Um, mm-hmm. th- those, yeah, those there are ways around those. But with these ones that actually encrypt your files and use a strong encryption, no, nah, it's. Uh, you're toast if you don't have a backup, which, you know, that's, uh, that's, I think you're going to ask how to protect yourself 
later, so I'll I'll leave that answer for then. But that's really what it's going to be. <laughs> no, you know what? Let's let's go there right now. I think I think that's because it's such a simple answer. It's such a simple, easy answer. Let's just go there right now. How do you protect yourself from well, this you, from this ever happening again, or what have you? Because malware isn't going to do it, and uh, you know your software. Your antivirus program probably isn't going to do it. So how do you protect yourself? Well, the first thing is you want to make good backups of everything. Have a uh, um, offline backup device, thumb drive, uh, a, a hard drive that you can disconnect that doesn't stay connected to your computer all the time, a cloud backup that's not uh, in your control so there's firewalling in between uh, your computer and theirs, and just generally something that you can disconnect and back up your, your data. I, I don't know if a lot of the listeners are old enough to remember this, but there was a time if you ran a business at the end of the day before you shut down, you mm-hmm. did a backup. And, and a lot of times we were doing that on, you know, five and a quarter or three and a half inch floppies. Uh, I know we had a, a DAT tape, a digital audio tape, uh, backup drive that years ago could hold two gigabytes, which was an insane amount back then. Um, and we backed up every day. We backed up all of our, our uh, data to that every single day. And if you've got a good copy of all your software and your operating system, it's very simple. Reformat your drive. Install your stuff again. Okay. Upload your data. You're done. But the easiest thing to do is actually keep everything up to date. Uh, and we're Unfortunately, in the cyber warfare uh, arena, the human target is the softest target there is. And that works the same way at home or in your small business. If you're the user, you are the softest part of that machine. And you're the one that really lets in the, in the, in the bad monkeys. Don't let in the bad monkeys. Right. You are the weakest link. <laughs> you are the weakest link. <laughs> So Jeremy in the chat room says, and and the, this goes for me too. I'm in this. Is uh, really all of his all of his website, all I mean, all of his website, all of his hard drive is backed up into the cloud. And for instance, mm-hmm. I use Dropbox. My entire hard drive, all my working files, everything is in Dropbox. Mm-hmm. So I'm automatically backing up, right? Well, <clears throat> here's an issue with something like Dropbox. Uh, Dropbox is set to automatically sync with your uh, with your hard drive. And if it senses that a file has been changed, it'll update it and it'll shoot that to Dropbox. So what just happened, right. if your settings are, are so that you're constantly synchronizing between your hard drive and Dropbox is you just replaced a good clean file with an encrypted file. So in that case, you would lose everything still. You'd be the exact same situation. You would lose... Which is multiple instances. Exactly. You would lose the ones that were were changed. You would lose the ones that were infected. So if you had something that was on Dropbox that was not synced with your computer, then Dropbox wouldn't know to sync it. Um, I showed Myra not too long ago how to unsync a, a particular folder. So what you can do, you still have access to it through Dropbox. It's just not synced with your computer. So if it updates on your computer, Dropbox doesn't know it. So it doesn't 
uh, update, and you don't lose your data that way. So that's the really one warning with using any type of a cloud backup is just make sure it's not automatically syncing. Right. Now, just thinking along in those terms, I've got um, – so when I back up a website, for instance, because I, you know, I run that service where I actually will back up a website, I send it over to a different server for storage, that file, and I always keep a couple of different instances of that. Um, so given that, if I did back up a website that was hacked, I can go back to the one that wasn't hacked and restore that version. I imagine I could probably do the same thing in, like you said, a offline storage, because I've got I've got a two terabyte, you know, thing sitting here. I call it mm-hmm. a brick because it doesn't do anything; it just sits there. And I can once a day send things over there. But would I want to keep in in this instance? Would I want to keep just the most current, or would I want to keep like? Um, two versions or three versions of, of what I have. Well, that's up to you. I mean, I, for me, the most current generally is the one that I'm working on. I'm probably not going to revert back to an older document. Um, so, but you've got so much space, who cares? You can, you can uh, back up to a folder by that, uh, the date, you know, that's today is uh one six May, 2017. So you create a folder one six May two two zero one seven and do your backup to that. I have the same thing here. I have a, a four, four terabyte um, device that we can back up our, all of our stuff to, photos, videos, things like that that we want to hang on to long term. Right. And if you're, on a, if you're on a Mac, I know there's a time machine that you can set up so it will automatically do it once a day or twice a day, and I think you've got those settings. And I'm sure there are programs out there for Windows as well. Yeah, for every device. Okay. So um, that's – and that to me, that's the most important thing. If anybody learns anything from this other than don't click on links, um, I think that's the most important thing to get out of this. Now, that said, who is – working to protect us who's who's on our side is it just the i'm going to say the software companies that want to sell us protection services who's out there is the government protecting us who's who's going to help us um i probably know more about this than i would want to but there are government organizations that work 24 7 to monitor these things uh some of their some of their position actually is to ferret out the attacker rather than stop the attack and uh, work with international policing organizations to make sure that they're prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Um, There are other organizations. I believe each state has a um, cybersecurity team that monitors what's happening with critical infrastructure and they are generally a part of uh, both a combination of the military and civilian world. And their job really is to, you know, if somebody is trying to attack the power grid, which happens about 11 million times a day, or traffic control <laughs> systems, or uh, that, yeah, right. it actually does. Uh, traffic control systems, um, you know, anything that's critical infrastructure falls into the realm of government oversight. 
Um, there are growing organizations, and, and really, if you're a high school kid looking for an amazing career, right now is the time to get into uh, cybersecurity, cyber defense, and cyber warfare because the, the potential is absolutely unbelievable at this time right now, the, the growth in it. But, uh, yeah, generally, there are many cybersecurity firms. So here's the thing. This is hacker versus hacker. You remember old spy versus spy in the Mad Magazines? Um, it's kind of the same thing. You yeah. Know, you got your white hat hackers, you got your black hat hackers, and you got your gray hat hackers. Um, white hat hackers love nothing more than to take down a black hat hacker. And that's actually what happened this time. In fact, we don't have time to go into it because we're running short on time. But um, a we'll call him Codename Malware Tech, and that's the name of his blog. 22 years old, works for a private organization. Uh, I believe he works for Cryos um, or is a contractor. He's actually eating lunch, and he's reading this stuff, and he goes, wait a minute, there's got to be something here. So he goes and he uh, opens up the uh, using some of the tools that we use in the trade, he opens up the application and he finds this really long domain name. And he immediately switches over and registers it. I think he said it cost him $10.67 to register this really long domain name, which just happened to be the kill switch. Um, it's called a sinkhole. So what happened was this uh, locking mechanism from WannaCry as a crypto locker is what it is, would ping this web address, and if it didn't exist, then it would go ahead and lock the the data on the device it was on. If it mm-hmm. did discover it, it wouldn't lock the data. So he turned it off <laughs> for $10.67. I hope they're giving him a million-dollar bonus. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so there are – clubs and groups of white hat hackers that work on things like this all the time and nothing makes them happier than to discover a vulnerability in software, an exploit, a uh, um, backdoor, an Easter egg, all of those kind of things. Uh, Not to mention if they work for an organization, they generally do get quite a bit of recognition when they find something. Is that a good enough answer? Mm -hmm. That is. So uh, in the future, Tell me why computer makers, programmers, these guys that build these things that we use on an everyday basis, why don't they learn from past mistakes? Why don't why does this keep happening? That would be oh, but it's, that it's would be the crux versus of five. everybody's angst. Sure. Um got a radar detector? Have you ever owned a radar detector? Um yep. every time the radar detector perfected its detection of a radar device, mm-hmm. the radar device makers made a new device that the radar detectors couldn't detect. So radar detectors made a, they figured out how to reverse engineer it. And now they're detecting those devices. And now the radar company comes out with a new, it's back and forth and back and forth. Uh, still going on. It's been going on for 30 years. It's always going to be <laughs> that way. Uh, these guys are looking for a weak link in massively, uh, 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 complex systems. So there were times, and you and I remember this, uh, that programmers did leave backdoors in, and they were just a part of uh, what they did, and they did it under the guise of providing um, customer support easily. Uh, that obviously was 
early on, you know, 30, 35 years ago, uh, the wrong guys learned how to take advantage of that. And that's where it all really started. So it's not by intent that they're leaving holes in there. It's just that the systems are highly complex and there are chinks in that armor and the bad guys are really good at finding it. That's why we want the good guys to find it first. That's why there are updates. And it doesn't matter what you're using, oh, uh, what operating system. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's where it's at. Hey, you know, it looks like Jeremy's on the line here. I haven't switched over there. He's probably been holding for a while. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> Sorry about that, JB. <sighs> now what? Uh, yeah. So, look, just keep your device updated. That's it. And keep your, your data backed up to something that you can get to um, quickly and restore your system, no matter what you're using, no matter where it came from. Hmm. Easy enough. Yeah, I think so. So, JB says he's gone. He's, he's, he's out of there. Um one last link to tell everybody to look at. That's us-cert.gov. And uh, I don't know if I would put it in the chat room, but we put it in there. Uh, us-cert.gov can keep you up to date on different things that are happening in the cybersecurity world as well. And that was fun. Yeah. Good job. Yep. So you ready for rapid fire? You want me to do you or are you going to do me? Or are we going to do each other? Wait, that, that sounds weird. <laughs> We're talking about rapid fire. Thank you very much. I'm ready. You, if you can want go, to go ahead and you you can start the timer, and I will ask you the question, and then we'll go to me, and then I'll tell you what Jeremy said in the chat room. Okay. All right. Here goes the timer. Would you rather fight a duck-sized horse or a horse-sized duck? I don't want to choose horse-sized, uh, duck-sized horse. How about you? Me, I'm going to say duck-sized horse, too, because they're small and they're cute. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and I believe JB said the Jeremy same duck thing. Size horse in the, um, Jeremy says duck-sized horse as well, so we are uh, correct on all of those. Unanimous. Next right, question. Ready. ready? Yep. Go. Uh, assuming you were wanna cried, not that you ever would, but what is the most that you would pay for ransom? Zero dollars. Okay. Uh, How about you? For me, I'm gonna say I would I would pay the three hundred if it took everything of mine. I think that was uh, a good ballpark figure. Yeah, I'd spend the three hundred dollars to fly over there and kick them in the shins. Uh, Jeremy <laughs> says he'd just buy a new computer. <laughs> Good man. Good man. Uh yeah, and not only that, Jeremy, that's a tax write off too. All right, what's next? Okay. When was the last time you backed up your hard drive? Uh last night. And you? Wow. Okay, I like I said, um, I'm kind of more of a set it and forget it. Uh, so I use Dropbox, and my entire hard drive is Dropbox. I've also got, I'm just thinking about it, I've got a whole lot in Google Drive. But I need to start doing the over to the external non-connected hard drive. So, today. 
Awesome. Uh, yours, that would make yours more recent than mine. Uh, actually, right before I shut my system down last night, I dragged everything over to the other device and turned the connection off. Jeremy did his five minutes ago. You the man. Where's the applause? Uh, okay, we got another yeah. one? Yeah. Yep, we got one more. What is, considering that this is kind of like on topic, uh, with WannaCry it was Windows-based, that led me to this one. What's your operating system of choice? And I know it's uh, rhymes with spinach. <laughs> Linux, baby. Linux, Linux. it is. <laughs> I'm well, Linux I'm going to say for, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I, I know that. Um, for me, I was a Windows guy for years and years and years and years. I have switched over to my primary use is the Mac. So I'm going to have to say it's the Mac right now. Yeah, so essentially you are also a Linux person because Mac is based on Linux. So there we go. Oh, look how smart I am. See that? Uh, and Jeremy yeah, you says can't dig iOS. Around in it. Yeah, iOS. You just can't dig around in it as well as you can on Linux or as easily as you can. You can dig around in it. But, uh, yeah. Hey, that was a crazy show, man. Whew. I think I'm tired. Now. It was. I need, a, I need a coffee. We forgot the ubiquitous sip of the day. Are you ready? And uh, yeah, uh, there you go. That must be tea. I, I can tell. And uh, coffee. Yeah. So listen, if you have any questions about what we talked about today, you can get Mike Mueller at the at Mike Mueller on Twitter. Uh, he's at areweconnected.com. and uh, I'm. Uh, at the Ken Cook on Twitter and at thekencook.com. And Jeremy wants to know if you can get him a duck-sized horse. He would really like one. Wouldn't that be great for the kids? Absolutely. It would I think that would be the cutest thing ever. I think he probably wants one for himself. But, uh, hey, listen, uh, it's been a great show. <laughs> it's uh, coming up on that time. And I really appreciate your efforts today, Mike. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back next week. We do have some guests coming up, and I'll get that out and let everybody know what that is, what's going on. So I think it's time to say bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. And one more thank you to Kevin McLeod for the great music. See you next week. Thanks for listening to yet another edition of Social Media Edge Radio with your host, Ken Cook, and co-host, Mike Mueller. Stay on top of what's happening by visiting socialmediaedge.com.